Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will be recapping the first round series for the Western Conference, all the games that went on there, as well as giving my preview and predictions for the second round. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so in my previous episode, we covered the Eastern Conference, the first round recap, as well as the preview of the second round. Uh, Let's do it for the West, shall we? All right, guys, so we're going to start at the top. The number one seed, the Phoenix Suns, taking on the number four seed, the Dallas Mavericks. So, again... Seems like all these series are going to chalk. Um, Seems like the top teams are taking care of business in each of their series. So let's talk about the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, they go six games, four games to two against the eighth seed, the New Orleans Pelicans. So um, let's go through the series. Phoenix gets the opening game win. 110 to 99 and then uh we have game two where the pelicans uh steal a win on in phoenix 125 to 114 uh then the series heads to new orleans where uh the suns gets the game three victory 114 to 111 and then uh, the Pelicans right the ship on their home floor, getting that 118 to 103 win, thus tying the series. So there was a lot of per- a lot of worry, a lot of consternation about uh, these upstart uh, Pelicans uh, giving the business to the Suns, but the Suns prevail. They win Game Five, 112 to to 97 in Phoenix and then they head to New Orleans and take care of business there 115 to 109 so uh, thus riding the ship the standout player in this series it's got to be the elder statesman uh, Chris Paul Chris Paul who played in all six games uh, Chris Paul is looking very healthy in this postseason so uh, that's a good thing for this Phoenix Suns team. You need a healthy Paul if you're going to chase that brass ring, so to speak. And he played well, 22.3 points per game, 11.3 re- uh, uh, assists, I'm sorry, 11.3 assists, 4.3 rebounds. He shot a whopping 56.7% from the field. Wow, that's great for him. And 96 percent from the free throw line so he was pretty much automatic from the charity stripe and in that included his game six performance which is one for the ages actually is a record um performance 33 points he shot 14 for 14 from the field uh he was perfect on this three-pointer uh it, which he attempted one and then he was perfect from the free throw line. So a perfect night from the field in the charity strike for Chris Paul. 
as well as eight assists and five rebounds. So Chris Paul coming up huge in that game six clinching victory. So, and then the question lies, what happened to CJ McCollum in this series? What happened to him? He played all six games. He averaged 22.2 points per game, which seems crazy because I just talked about Chris Paul averaging 22.3 points. So, it's like, what's the big difference? Efficiency, that's the big difference. Uh, 6.7 rebounds, 4.8 assists is what McCollum had, but he only shot it 39.2% from the field, 33.3% from three-point range, and only 69.2% from the free throw line. So, uh, he got the points, yeah, sure, but, um, you know, it took a lot of shots to get there, that's for sure. Uh, and you see the uh, not-so-great uh, shooting from the field. So so that's the story there. The big story in this series, of course, is Devin Booker missing three games in this series with a grade one hamstring. So he missed games three through five. So... Um, of course, that's what had a lot of people worrying, especially once you got to that game four where the Pelicans tied it up. So, uh, But he returned for game six. Uh, he played okay. He played all right. But uh, I say a little rest um, before he goes into this game one series with Dallas. We'll probably do him a world of good, and I think it won't be long before you see the old Devin Booker out there. So. And for the Pelicans, the young Pelicans, including their coach, Willie Green, you got to remember they got off to the awful start to the season, but somehow righted the ship. And they gained so much respect coming out of this series. So they are a team to look at, um, especially going forward in the future. So much so, Zion Williamson, who was supposed to play in this series, and actually a statement came out that if the game went to a seventh, if this series went to a seventh game, he would have been available. Uh, I'm not sure uh, how much truth is in that statement, but uh, I guess they put it out there. And then Zion was actually interviewed, and he pretty much said he's proud of this team. And, you know, it hurt him not being out there with his guys contributing. So uh, there's that. And then he says if the team offers him an extension, he'll be happy to sign the extension. So, Zion Williamson saying all the right things, of course. And why would he not say those things? I mean, what did people expect him to say? Like, I don't like the fact that they had this success while I was hurt and I want to be out of here. He cannot say that, guys. He just can't. You can't go there. Even if you feel that in your heart, you can't say it, especially out loud. So uh, he said what he was supposed to say, and that's the way it goes. So, uh, But getting back to Devin Booker, while he was out, you had guys like, of course, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Mikhail Bridges step up in their offense in Booker's absence. So uh, you, it's nice to see those guys kind of step to the forefront there to 
contribute and help out Paul beating this pesky uh, Pelicans team. And, you know, they just got such young talent. Brandon Ingram, you saw come into his own in this series. You saw a guy like a, a kind of an irritant in the flavor of uh, Patrick Beverly and Jose Alvarado. You saw a guy like Herb uh, Jones kind of uh, do his thing in this series as well. Uh, the steady play inside by Giannis Valachunas. So this is the team that needs some pieces. Uh, I'm sure between uh, the draft and as well as probably free agency, they'll be able to tweak things here and there. They need themselves a point guard, that's for sure, to kind of take the pressure off of McCollum. But uh, they definitely need a point guard. So we'll see what happens there. So that's the Phoenix series. Now to the Dallas series. Uh, they won that series against the Utah Jazz four games to two. Um, and in that series, game one, actually they lost. Because remember, they started that series without Luka Doncic. So uh, remember that. Uh, 99 and 93, they uh, Utah gets the... Uh, Game one win in Dallas. And then game two, we see uh, Dallas get the 110-104 win. In that game, Jalen Brunson goes nuclear in that game, 41 points for him. And then Dallas comes back and goes to Utah and get the game three win, uh, 126-118. And then Utah gets a win on their floor in game four. 100 to 99 thus tying the series and then Dallas goes ahead and gets the next two games game five back in Dallas they win 102 to 77 and then the game in Utah they win that one a close one 98 to 96 so the standout player in this series uh no it's not Luca in this instance it's actually Jalen Brunson Played all six games, averaged 27.8 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, 4.2 assists, shot at 48.4% from the field, which is good. That's pretty good. Um, 60, no, 36.4 from three-point range, and then 84.6 from the free throw line. And of course, I said he had the uh, monster game two where he had 41 points. Eight rebounds, five assists, and two steals. So, and actually, uh, the question well, before I get to that, uh, Jalen Brunson, who's actually up for free agency. So, he's a guy who, if he keeps performing like this, guys, he's going to command a lot of money on, on the open market. He's a young player, he can play both guard positions. So, He's a perfect complement to Luka Doncic in that lineup. So uh, Jalen Brunson earning earning his money and going to get a lot of it uh, once this postseason is done and free agency go, gets underway. So whoever is in Dallas, will we shall see. And then the question is what happened to, and actually you can actually lump two players into this, Rudy Gobert. Uh, played six games. He averaged 12 points, 13.2 rebounds, 
Uh, but the odd thing was he only had six blocks in this six-game series. Wow. So, uh, and I kind of noticed this about Rudy this year. I know he was amongst the finalists for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I think his defense uh, actually this year kind of suffered, really, uh, to be honest with you. So, I think he just got on there to finalists just out of reputation. So, uh, he did shoot it 63.6% from the field, only 68.2 from the free throw line. So, uh, so my question of what happened to him is pretty much based off of defense because it seemed like Dallas was able to have their way inside. They did a lot of their damage on the outside, so they kind of took his effectiveness away. So uh, Rudy Gobert... Um, uh, this is gonna be a uh, pretty much a po postseason to watch out there in Utah. Uh, and then there's Mike Connolly, who also played in all six games, only averaged nine point two points per game, uh, nearly five assists per game, three point two rebounds, only shot at thirty three point three percent from the field. Uh, appalling 20.8% from uh, three-point range and 80% from the free throw line. So Mike Connolly did not look like himself in this series, and he actually looked like a guy who's kind of long in the tooth, to be honest with you. So uh, he's still commanding a lot of money, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh but the big story in the series, obviously, is Luka missing those first three games. Although they did get out to a 2-1 lead in those uh, games there. And then, of course, ends up winning the series. So, And in those three games, Luka averaged, because remember, he missed it with the calf injury. He got in the last game of the season. So he averages 29 points per game. 10.7 rebounds, 5.7 assists. So, Luca doing Luca things in this series once he got the opportunity to do so. The Utah Jazz, now they're uh, the only team with six straight playoff appearances. Is I believe that was the stat that they ran. Um, but in those six straight playoff appearances, no conference finals, three first-round losses, Three second round losses. So, um, so you know, the whispers are getting louder as far as what to do with this team, whether to break it up or what have you, whether it be the tenuous relationship between Donovan Mitchell and R Rudy Gobert, whether it be the coach, Quinn Snyder, who, you know, does a fine job in the regular season once he gets to the playoffs it's becomes a different animal. So, um, so it'll bear watching between those three guys. I think one of those three goes the one it is. I'm not sure. You know, I know a lot of Nick fans have been, you know, uh, rubbing their hands thinking that there's a chance of them getting uh, Donovan Mitchell in New York. I don't see it happening, to be honest with you. I get it. I understand. He's from New York, obviously. He's from uh, from the city here. Uh, I get it. 
You got a Johnny O'Brien here who used to be on the coaching staff in Utah. I get all the connections and so forth, but to me, Donovan, if you're going to choose between those two guys, Donovan's a younger player. Why would you not want to keep him and build around him, maybe bring him in? Bring in a more offensive-minded big man to kind of, you know, alleviate some of the pressure off of him. So that I can see more than I can see um, them shipping him out and them starting afresh. So, um, yeah, so that's my opinion on that. Uh, Quinn Snyder, I know a lot of people are pining after him. Uh, The Lakers would love to get their hands on him if possible. We'll see, but um, I think one of those three go. Gobert, I know he has the big contract, but he does provide a defense, a, a stable figure in the middle. Um, if you could just tweak his three, um, his uh, free throw shooting a bit, you can uh, get him back to being the guy in the middle who you're scared to come down the lane because he's in there to kind of swat things and change direction on your shots and so forth. So um, I don't think he's done per se. He just has some things he needs to tweak in his game. So uh, so also, too, for Dallas, you had uh, solid performances from guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, from Dorian Finney-Smith, and from Max uh, Kleber. So... Um, you know, so they Luca lose moves on to the uh, second round for the first time. Jason Kidd does a pretty good job coaching this team to get them to the second round. So, so again, this sets up the the Phoenix Dallas series and the questions that needs to be asked going forward. Does Philly uh, get their mojo back? You know, they've been the pride of the NBA. Do they get their mojo back against Dallas? Uh, I think it's going to be a tough series, to be honest with you. Uh, the matchup to watch, there's actually two that I'm interested in. Devin Booker versus Luka Doncic, and then CB3 versus Brunson. I think those two matchups will answer the question of who goes, who advances in this series. Uh, they're going to need a dominant series down low from DeAndre Ayton. Um, kind of more so because he's more offensive-minded than a Gobert. So I think he's somebody who can really make a difference in this series. He'll be an X-factor. And it'll, I'll be interested to see the chess game between Mon- coaches Monty Williams and Jason Kidd. Um, Monty Williams, his work speaks for itself. And Kidd coaching his third team right about now so seems like he's gotten much better as a coach so it'll be interesting to see uh the kind of uh maneuvering both coaches do so with that said my prediction i'm predicting the phoenix suns in six games i think it will be a tough series i think all these games will be tough, but uh, I think in the end, the cream will rise to the top and the Suns will prevail and advance to the conference finals. And then you have the uh, next series 
uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, the number two seed, taking on the number three seed, the Gold State Warriors. Again, I said uh, you now have your top four teams in the East, top four teams in the West meeting up. You don't. It's not often you get that, guys. So uh, it's been a pretty good uh, playoff so far, I must say. So with that said, uh, let's talk about Memphis, how Memphis got here. Uh, they won a uh, the seven-game series. They took that in six against the number seven seed, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, and here's how the game shook out. Minnesota actually surprised and got the game one win, 130 to 117. And then Memphis turns around and gets the game two win in Memphis, 124 to 96. Then you had Memphis going to Minnesota and getting that game, 104 to 95, thus going up two games to one. And then Memphis on its home floor ties it up in a 119 to 118. Uh, game so thus tying the series but Memphis would take the next two the first one in Memphis 111 to 109 and then uh 114 to 106 win in Minnesota so the standout player uh, I know it's easy to say John Moran especially given the fact he just won most improved player of the year so but actually to me the standout player is Desmond Bain, the second-year guy uh, for Memphis. He had a solid series across the board. 23.5 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists, a little over a block per game. He shot at 50.3% from the field, uh, 40, over 49% from three-point range. Very good. And then... 90% from the free throw line. So, very solid numbers across the board for Desmond Bain. A solid two-way player for the Grizzlies. And then the question is, what happened to D'Angelo Russell? Um, it was pretty perplexing what went on with him in this series. He played all the six of the games. 12 points per game. 6.7 assists. 2.5 rebounds. Uh, steal and a half per game. Only shot at 33.3% from the field. 38.7% from three-point range, so he's a little better there. And then 75% from the free throw line. And he sat, he actually sat for key uh, periods in the fourth quarter in these games. So you kind of wonder what's going on in that regard there. But this series to me was probably the most fun series of the the um, eight game eight series actually because um, these were two team young teams that were going after it both of them you know pretty much wet behind the ears not you know uh, pretty young for the most part so uh, it's nice to see the back and forth and them going at it and then of course the drawing between John Moran and Carl Anthony Towns. You saw that there. And then you had two young coaches go, uh, going against each other. Taylor Jenkins, who's had a fine season for those Grizzlies. And then Chris Finch, who quietly had a solid year coaching those Timberwolves. So, um, 
Of course, the plays of the series comes from Ja Morant, of course. Uh, the dunk that he had, the monstrous dunk over uh, Malik Beasley. And then the game-stopping block that he had against Anthony Edwards. So, um, so Ja Morant with the spectacular plays in this series, that's for sure. And then speaking of Edwards, he really came of age in this series. Averaging 25.2 points per game. 4.2 rebounds, 3 assists, a little over a steal per game and a block per game. 45.5% uh, from the field, 40.4 from 3-point range, and then 82.4 from the charity stripes. So, Anthony Edwards really looking uh, solid in this series. And I think... Um, Call Anthony Towns. He has to be more of a leader for this Memphis team. Uh, he really didn't endure him, um, do himself favors uh, in that press conference uh, after the uh, loss to the Grizzlies. He kind of, uh, I believe it was the game three loss. He would say, he, um, you know, next question, he says uh, he'll go home and sip some wine and so forth. That's not what you want from your leader. You you want your leader to go out there and say, you know, it's on me. I got to play better. Um, you know, I got to lift my guys up. That's the sort of thing you want to see from a guy like Towns. Towns is no rookie here. He's been in the league for a while. So you want to see him take ownership in for be a guy that guys want to follow after. So um, he's got to be better about that. Uh, and then for Memphis in this series, Actually, Steven Adams, he was unavailable for game five and six. He was in health and safety protocols. So um, so that forced the uh, Memphis to shift their lineup for those last two games. And I think going forward, that's probably a lineup they're going to stick with even when Adams gets back. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um but in any event, that's the Memphis series there. And then for Golden State, they take care of business, uh, whipping the number six seed Denver Nuggets in five games. Here's how it broke down. Golden State taking game one, 123 to 107. Then game two, they get the win, 126 to 106 over the Nuggets. They go into Denver and win that game, the third game, 118 to 113. Uh, in game four, they kind of let it get away, and Denver got that win thanks to a monstrous game from Nikolai Jokic, uh, 126 to 121. And then going back to Golden State, they take care of business 102 to 98. The standout player in this series. Gotta be, of course, who else? Steph Curry. He played all five games. It actually he only started in one of those five games. So he came off the bench doing this damage. 28 points per game, 5.4 assists, 3.4 rebounds, 1.6 steals. He shot at 50% from the field, guys. Whew. That's that's good stuff. And then 40.4 from three-point range. You'd like to see that. Uh, the only thing was from the free throw line, he 
On the season, he's a 91% free throw shooter. He only shot it 74.4% from the field. So that's something he's going to have to show up, especially in the second round. But, of course, this is Steph Curry. So uh, we can rest assured he'll uh, get back on track. So, And then what happened to two guys that Denver desperately needed to get more production out of? And that's Aaron Gordon and Will Barton. Gordon averaging 13.8 points per game, 7.2 rebounds, 2.6 assists, uh, 1.2 blocks. Only shot at 42.6 from the field and 71 from 71.4 from the free throw line. So you definitely needed more from Aaron Gordon, that's for sure. And then Will Barton also averaging 13.8 points per game, 5.6 rebounds. 2.8 assists, only shot at nearly 41% from the field, 39.3 from three-point range, so maybe should have shot more threes, and then uh, only 66.7% from the free throw line. But oddly enough, in this series, he only went to the line in the five games. He went to the line six times, making four of those. So uh, obviously not... Um, driving in to the basket and getting his uh, production that way. So so the story in this series, Golden State going with the small ball in order to defeat Denver because, remember, Denver gave them a tough time during the regular season. So Steve Kerr, uh, of course, uh, <laughs> a genius when it comes to coaching, decided we're going to just run you guys out the park. So, um so he went small ball, thus giving the opportunity to Jordan Poole, um, giving him the keys as a starter for this team. And he delivered 21 points, 5.4 assists, 2.4 rebounds, 1.4 steals. That's good. Shooting 54.8% from the field, 48.4 from three-point range. Goodness. Man. And 84.6 from the free throw line. So, Jordan Poole really getting it in, guys. Nikolai Jokic, of course, didn't get the help he needed. Um, bear in mind, he's a free agent after two, the 2022-23 season. Does he opt in and do the Supermax with the Nuggets? We'll see. Um, you would think he would, but... I don't rule anything out at this point. And you got to give the Nuggets credit. Uh, Mike Malone, he did this without Jamal Murray for the whole season as well as the postseason. So next year, I would think you'll get a Jamal Murray back healthy and ready to go. And maybe you get a different result uh, as far as team record and all those things. So, So then the questions going into this. Memphis Golden State Series. Can the upstart Grizzlies knock off the seasoned uh, Warriors squad here? You know, of course, you got guys like um, Steph, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, guys who've been there and done that. So, um, can these Grizzlies knock those guys off? John Moran needs to be better from three point range. He only shot at four for 20 and that uh, series against the Timberwolves. 
Matchup to watch for me, Desmond Bain versus Clay Thompson. I think that's going to be a matchup you want to keep an eye on. See if Bain can keep Clay at bay. And then the X factor in this series to me is a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. Who's a big four Grizzlies and um, he'll be able to get his offense against um, those guys inside for Golden State. So. And then Golden State's bench has to match or outperform the Grizzlies bench. Um, Warriors bench consists of Gary Payton II, uh, the rookie Jonathan Kaminga, Juan Toscano, Anderson. Those guys need to step it up. And then, uh, of course, the Grizzlies bench consisting of uh, Dwayne Melton, uh, Brandon Clark, uh, Kyle Anderson, uh, Tyus Jones as well. So uh, those guys have been solid. So, And then they need uh, Adams back in the lineup. He's missing game one. Uh, game two status is up in the air right now. So uh, my prediction for this series, I think this is going to be a tough series as well. Uh, kind of in the vein of the Phoenix series, but I think this will be even tougher. Uh, I'm picking Golden State to win this in seven games. So, so that's my predictions there. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for this uh, episode here. So, um, so guys, like I said, it's been an exciting uh, postseason so far, the playoffs, and I expect an exciting second round as well. So, uh, guys, once again, I thank you for listening. Much, much appreciated as always. And, um, well, well, when I get back to you, uh, it'll either be the end of this second round series or something will come down the pike. So just stay tuned and, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Take care and be safe. So my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD That Sport Dude. Also, you can email me at That Sports Dude GD at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gd that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.